Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I thought I was done being pissed off over the hundred year mainstreaming of this wonderful sport. Thought I was old enough and far away enough from Orange County to not much care. But the thought of surfing in the Olympics brings a familiar dab of bile to my throat. Can we just all agree to pretend for a little while longer that surfing is a unique thing to do? That this difference has in fact always been its strength. From the Encyclopedia of Surfing, I'm Tyler Brewer in Brooklyn. And I am Jamie Brewer in Great Britain. This is the Sunday Joint, where we roll up Matt Warshaw's weekly newsletter for a deep inhale of surfing's past, present, and future. On this episode, we break down surfing in the Olympics, the good, the bad, its relevance, and potential effects on surfing's future. We look at surfing's littered history of attempts to bring surfing into the Olympic fold. And of course, I try not to get bitch slapped by my brother Jamie and stump my bro. The Sunday Joint is an adjacent podcast to the Encyclopedia of Surfing on the Surf Splendor Podcast Network.
When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, where do you want to begin? Surfing the Olympics or the fact that I said I got bitch slapped and stumped my bro from you? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out if bitch slap is offensive, actually. I was thinking that too, but I don't know. I mean, it's a term. It's not really, you know, you know we slap a dog, a female dog, you know. Is it a bad word for a dog? I, I don't know. I don't like know. A... I don't know, actually. <laughs> That's something we, uh, we could, uh, yeah, we'll attack that on the next episode. Well, I think, why not go straight into, like, you know, the, so the quote you read at the beginning is, yeah. is not yours. It's it's Matt's. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, oh, what's your take on it? Do you, do you feel good or bad about surfing being the Olympics? Do you I, have? I was at a time in my life, I was not into it. But now at this stage of my life, I'm like, yeah, why not? Surfing. I'm at a certain point in my life where I feel like surfing can't really be owned by any one person or group of people. Uh, surfing is, is what, what you project onto it, you know? And if you want it to be a certain way, it could be that way. But I feel like the resistance to surfing the Olympics is so ridiculous because we already have a, a competitive professional surf league. We have world amateur championships, you know, uh, to me, I think, could be really good. I think it could be really cool. You know, I mean, it's great for the professional surfers. A lot of them are going to see a big rise in their uh, popularity and, you know, they'll probably do well money wise, which is cool. And I mean, that's, 
that's always been kind of the dream in some ways of competitive surfing and professional surfing is to get that recognition that we've been, I mean, fuck, I mean, PT, Ian Cairns, like forming the ASP, they wanted surfing to be like tennis, recognized like tennis. Screw you, Bobby Martinez, know your history. Um, but I feel like, yeah, why not? You know, I think it's kind of cool and looks like they're going to get some waves. So I think they'll get some good clips at least that they can use to promote it. Um, the format is, is kind of interesting. It's, it's not too dissimilar from the, the WSL and, um, you know, I, I think it's, yeah, why not? I mean, every, I've been watching the well, social media and everyone seems super stoked to be there. Yeah. Well, well, I guess so. Okay. So you, cause I'm trying to get my head around it, you know, like, you know, I, I have gut feelings about stuff, but I'm, I've, I've never, I, I've tried finding the real argument for why surfing should be in the Olympics. I've mm. heard the argument very clearly why it shouldn't be in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, in which, you know, we can go into in, in a little more detail soon. Well, but even Matt said in his opening, you know, um, but the, the argument for it to be in the Olympics, you've stated just now a very practical reason. It could be more exposure, more recognition and more money. Now, those three things don't really seem like very, what's the word, you know, like uh, wholesome reasons. Right. You know, this sounds I've, kind of cynical and- um, I've, got, I've got the answer for you why. I have a very good reason. So in doing research on the Olympics itself, the goal of the Olympic movement is really to contribute to building a peaceful and better world by educating youth through sport practice without discrimination of any kind and in the Olympic spirit, which requires mutual understanding with a spirit of friendship, solidarity, and fair play. So while, yes, the Olympics has all sorts of problems, you know, I mean, there's definitely corruption, there's money issues, there's all sorts of stuff that go with it. The goal of the Olympics right here is to educate youth through sport. And surfing, skateboarding that are now in the Olympics are youthful sports. You know, not a lot of kids are looking at shot put or pole vaulting and being like, yeah, that's awesome. But they look at surfing and they look at skating with a lot of zeal and excitement. And it's a great it's a great activity for kids. So I think uh, right there, surfing should be the Olympics because it's all about educating youth. And surfing is has been for a while a very youthful sport. Um, so why not? And, and it can have such positive effects on youth and people in general. I, um, I just watched this uh, movie on Netflix called Skater Girl. And it's about the, this. Entirely, yeah, you talked about this. Yeah, in the last episode. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it does that. It might inspire some kids in other parts of the world to surf. And, and you know, anytime people get into surfing, I think it can really help them and help a lot of individuals so why not hmm. there's there's yeah. my reason there's my altruistic reason and not cynical <laughs> yeah, and, and that's a really good point it's interesting how how sport and competition is is quite often very attractive to very young people you mm -hmm. know like when, quite often when we think of the the more rebellious adventurous side of surfing mm -hmm 
you know, and the, the artistic, you know, the more that, you know, the, the Mickey Dora style and uh, things like that. Um, that actually, I think, appeals more to the older people. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. If, if you think about any of the um, top young surfers today who are known for their, you know, their non-competitive side, mm-hmm. their creative, you know, art, artsy, you know, kind of uh, more rock and roll side. If you think of, um, oh gosh, I know I'm thinking mostly of the men off the top of my head, but, you know, from Dave Rastovich, Alex and Alex Nost, all of them <laughs> were like in their teens and stuff. They were like hardcore competitors, you know. Yeah. Even Christian and Nathan Fletcher, you know, when they were they were like Ennis or you know, like they were they were very successful competitors when they were young. And I know as a as a school teacher, you know, the kids love sports. You know, it's I think when you start to talk about the so so maybe yeah, in a way like I we thinking you know that oh the Olympics is so clean cut and you know, takes away the, the, the youthful appeal, but actually young people are attracted to sport, I guess. When you're a teenager, it's all about testing yourself, right? Like, uh, particularly when you're young, you're always testing the boundaries and you're comparing yourself because you're trying to figure out where you belong in this world at that young age. And, you know, we did the ESA. I had, I, I have lifelong friends from that, you know, and, I, I don't regret ever doing the, those competitions. I wasn't great at it. I wasn't awful at it. I was always double the size of all the kids. So when the waves are small, I was at a disadvantage. But I loved the camaraderie. I loved meeting all the other kids in it. I thought it was great. And it's a really fun thing to do. And that's what a lot of kids do is they do some form of competition or participate in some some sort of activity like that. So I think it, it does appeal to them. And and yeah, why not? You know, and uh, and and it's a cool gateway to getting kids into surfing, maybe. And then then they can explore the artistic side. The more they do it, they can the more they can understand those other aspects of surfing. You know, I so guess that's that is an argument against com, against promoting competitive surfing, though. Like, is that when you go out in the water, you might see a lot of young surfers mm-hmm. who are very, I don't know, you know, kind of focusing on themselves and focusing on themselves doing well. And, you know, like, and, and almost like rather than, you know, it being this relaxing kind of fun thing <laughs> having, but is, is that going to happen anyway? I That's suppose. always been the case though. When has it not been that, you know, it's very rarely that um, younger people were not competitive in the lineup catching more waves and the older guys or um, paddling circles around you. Cause that's what kids do. They're excited. They've got a lot of enthusiasm. I don't, I, I seem to remember that always being the case with kids, you know, and just wanting to be aggressive in the lineup. You know, that's how kids are. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the thing, you know, like when, when we're talking about, you know, what is surfing? And I think on when you did you send me the, the wave key you know, Brad Gerlach posted yeah. is surfing art or sport and the, should it be in the Olympics and there was a lot of different opinions and I think someone said you know you don't have um you know guitar poetry. in the Olympics you poetry in the Olympics but you do like not in the Olympics but there's there's, there's a there's 
Well, there's competitions for everything, for art. You know, there's the Turner Prize. There's, you know, the um, for dance. There's lots of competitions for music. Battle of the Bands, you know, like there's... Um, world Air Guitar Championships. Hello. World Air, yes. <laughs> I, do you know what? I was told, I don't know if you knew him, but a kid in my year, my grade, John Alcaves, I heard he won the World Air Guitar Championships Epic. in his 20s. Great documentary on that, by the way, uh, that you can find on the World Air Guitar Championships. Pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Art art form, there's always, or, or there's a grant you're going for that you have to compete, to, you know, against other people to get, you know, in, in art. Um, shit, there was an art, there was a reality, competitive reality art TV series <laughs> where it was like top chef, but for artists, uh, my friend Richard Phillips was one of the judges on it actually. And, you know, top, uh, they have like all the fashion competitions shows and, you know, competition is all over the place, you know, and it's just whether you choose to participate in it or not is, and that's, up to the surfer or the the person who does it they don't have to you know they don't have to do the competition no one's forcing you it's not like it's not like football or baseball or if you want to play those things you kind of have to play the competition for you know for the most part mm. you know you you can you know it's no one's saying you have to compete in surfing and no one's no one's telling you that you have to watch the olympics in surfing either <laughs> uh, well, then let's talk about how how is the Olympics going to affect most people, not the people who are actually in it. Um, yeah. Like has. So I know snowboarding still. Well, I say a relatively new sport, I guess. Uh, been around since really 20, you know, 20 years. It's like 20 years now almost. It was in 98 Nagano. No, I mean snowboarding oh. as a uh, as a sport. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought you meant in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in 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 the nineties, it was in the Olympics as as a in the halfpipe or, maybe, or maybe just. I I was reading. Um, was it Terry Hawkinson uh, boycotted in like ninety eight? I was reading this article mean, about Terry Hawkinson. Ter, ter, it's Terry, I believe. It's Terry. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the J is silent. Oh Jesus! It's like yogging. Okay, and, and Jesus, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, like well, I guess I was going to ask, you know, like, has, has, I'm trying to think of a similar sport which has gone through the Olympics and has it affected life for the everyday snowboarder? Um, well, I know, I know there was like, a, there's a, there was a lot of pushback against snowboarding in the Olympics, um, but that was more political reasons. Like Terry Hawkinson was like the one of the most outspoken critics of it um, for a number of reasons. Like, um, but one of the things they did uh, was they gave the Federal Inter International Ski Federation, the FIS, uh, control of snowboarding uh, totally for commercial reasons, and you know, and took it away from like the the governing snowboarding federation, the International Snowboarding Federation. So it was like a whole clusterfuck of things there they also there's been argument that snowboarding hasn't progressed that much in the half pipe because of the structure of the olympics and the judging criteria oh you mean like more so it's been more it's had such a more of an effect than pro snowboarding has had on it i don't know that's what i've read from um 
from this uh, interview with Terry Hawkinson, where he was just criticizing it, saying like it hasn't half pipe snowboarding hasn't progressed all that much in the last 10 years. You know, I'm secretly hoping that this Hackinson guy is just out there going, it's Terge, and he keeps Terge. Terry. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I've always heard it Terrier, but uh, maybe Sorry. I could be wrong. <laughs> Forgive my mispronunciation if I'm wrong, you know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> my tongue's not as well trained in, in uh, what was he, from Norway, I believe. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. You know, so, I, I mean, it can have an effect on the style of surfing, maybe. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, the people who see it will think of it a, in a certain way and that this is only good surfing as opposed to, you know, like uh, someone else, you know, who like Dave Arosevich or someone who rides, you know, like a fish or, you know, Devin Howard riding his, his eggs in mid-lengths, you know, but, so. But that's the thing, like, I can't imagine that there's going to be all of a sudden so many people just watching um, footage of the Olympics or just following these people, especially because on Instagram, there's just so much different type of surfing yeah. that people watch. And quite often people watch the really either the, if they're going to watch high performance surfing, they're watching the really dramatic stuff, you yeah. know, like in Italo air or they're watching the really groovy stuff, or they're watching the really sexy stuff, or they're watching or big, big wave waves. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it feels like, or they're watching like really like stuff that you wish you could go out and do right now, like longboarding on really yeah. easy long waves. That's like a right. real popular one to see on Instagram. So maybe yeah. the Olympics now is not going to affect the surfing I, style that much. The only thing I can see is that it'll affect it in you know the sense that it'll just be more attention towards surfing um i think there'll be more people who who get into surfing maybe in more different countries um i think maybe you know there'll be more proliferation of wave pools potentially uh, maybe the surf industry will rebound you know who knows um or maybe it's just more money mainstream money that gets into surfing um, you know, maybe, and maybe surfing goes away of like skiing or snowboarding where it's like, there are pe some people who are devotees to it, who are core and they love the, the, the culture and all of those things. And then there'll be the people who just like to do it for a few days a year or whatever, you know, um, maybe it'll get watered down the culture a little bit. Um, that could be it, but I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm optimistic, you know? I, I'm definitely somewhat optimistic of it. Yeah, well, you know? are you, I mean, yeah, I, I think I agree exactly what you said. Yeah, I feel like there's just so much, so many people surf now and there's so many different ways that we access surfing while we're surfing and while we're not yeah. surfing, you know, whether it be a million billion podcasts or a million, you know, like things to look at it. That there's just like in music, there's there's space for it all. So yeah. then on the other side, then, well, I guess we don't really have to discuss that anymore. I mean, we could yeah. be interesting to get Matt to come back and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> argue the, the cons some more. So yeah. are you feeling like when you watch it, you know, like, uh, so here, you know, in, in Europe, well, is Britain still Europe? I suppose in one yeah. way. I don't it. know. Yeah. I guess. Well, so, you know, you may have heard, you know, we just had the Euro cup you know the football yeah. soccer yeah and 
it just so you know when england made it to the finals it just had such a powerful effect on the country and everyone mm-hmm. was so invested everyone got swept up in it the same way england got swept up in the world cup a few years ago when we made it to the um to the semis and and then when we lost it just devastated people and um mm-hmm. people were very upset here um, and it actually i don't know if you heard you know there's um unfortunately the the three guys who missed yeah. the penalty you know were um were black and there was a, it brought out a lot of racist comments and then it brought out a backlash against yeah. racism this the the re, the main thing is that it just instilled so much passion for your country mm-hmm. but i was talking to someone afterwards say god it's weird like in surfing or i think in a lot of individual sports quite often you you don't get that patriotic you might get yeah. a little bit patriotic but like you know like growing up you know favorite surfers were australian and now yeah. favorite surfers are brazilian and um you do you were, do you think were you Olympics- offended when aki said it's time to stop these american wankers when you were a kid no well no i wanted to know what a wanker was yeah you know? and- <laughs> i've been watching ted lasso and it's funny because they keep calling him wanker and his kid asks him what's a wanker he's like it's someone who who sits alone with their thoughts. <laughs> Sorry. But no, here, a wanker, is, it just means an asshole. Yeah. Or a, a, that's what they call them. Um, yeah. Bankers after yeah. the crash. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, are you, are you feeling patriotic? Are you psyched for the American team or are you... There's a little bit of, of it, but I'm, I, you know, like I'm a huge fan of Italo's surfing. I'm a huge fan of Julian Wilson and Owen Wright's surfing. I'm a huge fan of uh, Steph Gilmore's surfing. I'm just, you know, exactly. like I think, but, but because it's the Olympics, do you feel a bit more of a like, go, go USA? Yeah. I mean, I'm, but I'm probably not as impassioned by it. You know, like I'm not like, yeah, America needs to win because I, I think also because it's the first Olympics with surfing and we'll see how it shakes out maybe, you know, in, in, in two, three, four Olympics down the road, because right now I'm like, I'm like, I'm just excited that surfing's in the Olympics. Like it's a win for all the surfers. So it doesn't feel like, Oh, us against this or that country, Brazil or Australia. It doesn't, doesn't feel as intense to me. Um, that could be different maybe for the athletes or for young competitive surfers. Um, but I don't, I don't feel that way because I think the wonderful thing about surfing is like, you can, it is an individual sport. It's not a team sport so much. And it's not like soccer, basketball, where they all like the team aspect brings into this whole, like, I don't know, like, like also with soccer, right? Like you got hooliganism and you have like people are really passionate about soccer, like, and it's different than surfers are passionate about surfing. Like true, surfing. but like in the Olympics is different. Like, didn't, yeah. like back when, when Johnny Mosley won for skiing yeah. for America or, or, you know, um, whenever there was, whenever an American individual yeah. winner runs, wins a certain event, be it, you know, sprint or anything like that. Oh, I, I always feel like there is that like pride and patriotism. You know, yeah, that. you're you're proud, but you're not like, 
I hope the other team loses, you know, like you're not thinking like, Oh fuck, you know, you're not, uh, I don't feel at least like I'm upset at another country for winning. If we lose, if, if an American loses, I'm not like, fuck those guys, you know, unless it's like maybe hockey with, with like Russia and the U S or, but again, those are team sports, you know, and there's something so more the, the, involved the with team pulls you in. A bit yeah. More. I think the team pulls you in when, when, but when it's individual, it's more like you're invested in the person as opposed to the team. Like, I don't even look at gymnast when I watch the gymnastics, I'm not like team America. I'm more like Simone Biles. I'm in, I'm invested in the individual uh, diving. It wasn't like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm invested in team USA. I'm invested in Greg Luganis. You know, it was always the individual in these individual sports you were more invested in and their personal stories, as opposed to uh, the, the, the overall team, you know, aspect. the team ones you would get more into. Yeah. I think because it is a team thing. So you can feel like, more patriotic and more about us versus them as opposed to the individuals sports uh, that are in the olympics well speaking of individuals and and um passion yeah. and stuff why why do you think it, some people you know like fernando aguirre yeah and, and others have been so passionate to see like so you mean don quixote well yeah to, he's to been see... chasing windmills for how long and he finally got his windmill yeah, no, and he hasn't been the only one, you know, like, I mean, he's been the main one and he's the one who was successful. Like John what, Kelly, what drives them so much to want to see surfing in the Olympics? I don't know. I mean, Fernando seems he believes so much in it. He he really it became in what was it 1995? He took uh, took over the ISA and it became his main driving goal for the last th almost 30 years now. Um, you know, it, it's, it's quite, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. I think, you know, I'm, I was trying to read lots of things about him and why it should be in the Olympics. And, you know, I read like his, his rebuttal to Steve Pesman and why and everything, but it still doesn't really explain why he wants it in there so mm. badly. Um, you know, he's not the owner of Reef anymore, so there's no economics. So I can't be, you know, cynical in that way, thinking, well, no, I don't think it is cynical. No, I think he... it's it's a deep passion, but I don't quite understand that. Yeah, like you said, I haven't read anything which uh, gives us a window into why. You know, like you read some people who have causes, yeah, and you can you can understand why they have a cause, you know, that they really battle for. You know, something happened to them in their life that led to it, but I, I don't. I'm not he, sure. He grew up in Argentina, you know, under a dictatorship. Surfing was was illegal for a little time when he was down there. Uh, and then it got lifted. I wonder if like, you know, feeling a certain sense of pride about surfing and wanting to share that with people. Um, and, and, and have it be accepted and 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 smiled upon instead of frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think... I, I can understand that. I've I've kind of felt that way sometimes when we grew up in surfing would be banned from so many beaches. And, you know, uh, we had to sneak in to surf certain spots in New York. And I wanted surfing to be somewhat legitimized. I wanted mm. more surfing beaches. I wanted more access. I wanted people not to look at us totally as dirtbags even.
you know like, yeah you wanted to be taken seriously as an athlete like yeah i guess that's like like fred hemmings like he wanted surfing so badly to be legitimized as and seen as a real sport as opposed to this you know kind of beach boy kind of thing yeah you know and it's interesting like um duke hanamoku you know he wanted surfing in the olympics and he um you know i was reading an interview with him and he was talking about how you know what, what is your hope for for the future of of like surfing and stuff and he's like i want you know want um you know kid kids to to obey the rules and surf and have a good clean life like he wanted surfing actually to be clean cut he didn't want it to be rebellious he didn't want it to be this whole thing he wanted it to be accepted as as a real legitimate sport so i think that dna is in some surfers you know and people who who honor or respect duke uh and really really did did some studying on it want to honor that maybe you know or see what duke did and and want to emulate that you know and i think that's maybe they're they're more disciples of duke hanamoko than than some of the the more freewheeling uh you know rebellious surfers of our time yeah and i guess if you like if you if you tie yourself up so much in surfing, like it becomes a part of your identity and you the surfing affects how you see yourself and how others see yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that definitely, I think has, you know, for a lot of people effects, you know, I mean, imagine like Fernando Aguirre, you know, he, he wanted to be taken serious as not just as a surfer, but as a businessman. And he ran, you know, a really successful surf business and, um yeah and he, he probably just enjoys projects you know? yeah yeah you know and it probably became like a goal and he seems like someone that won't let it go he's determined he seems very determined in whatever he does and so i imagine this became like his fucking like hill to 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 stand on you know this was his thing that he was gonna fucking make happen and it ended up being a lot longer road than I think they, they thought it was. And it's, it's funny. Like I just, yeah. I mean, I find it interesting, like how, yeah, there were all these people who, who were trying to push kind of surfing into it. And like, I love seeing, you know, Matt has on the EOS that whole timeline of all the attempts, you know, or kind of like the promises, the false promises of surfing in the Olympics, you know, Patrick McNulty, you know, in the next milestone article, uh, you know, you had that, you have like a whole bunch of people talking up like, Oh, surfing's going to be in the Olympics. And by, you know, this time and, you know, uh, potentially in, in, uh, Australia or potentially in this, like there was all these people talking about it. Um, one of the characters I found really interesting was Gary Filosa. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's crazy. <laughs> So, do you, do you want to break down who he was for our listeners? Uh, yeah, well, he was a guy from Vermont. From Vermont, who apparently didn't surf. Who started the American Surfing Association in yeah. the seventies to try, you know, and one of them was it, it was a means. It, it was basically going to take over from the USSF. Yeah, and to to do a fully like legitimate example 
of what amateur surfing should be so it could get into the Olympics. And, yeah. But like, yeah, like this guy. <laughs> he was a con artist almost. Like it was weird. Like he started the American Surfing Association and the International Amateur Surfing Federation. He also made the Surfer's Almanac, which was error riddled and had like all sorts of weird things. He was this pretender, but he knew how to network. And he knew how to talk to people and he got recognized by the IOC. Like he had meetings with them and they were going to, they recognized him until like 1983. I think it was when, you know, all the surfing media and everyone came against him and were like, no, this guy doesn't represent surfing. He doesn't even surf, you know? And um, yeah. Okay. This, I mean, that's the thing. It was going to be my stump. I was going to ask you just like information about the surfing almanac that he wrote. I mean, (laughs) what, I, have you ever heard of this person before? No, I have not. I have I not. I feel like if you go into the the website, there are he, he's written, he's done all this, and like I don't think we're going into enough detail, even like to what he started, and then he wrote this really big book, like you just said, called the Surfer's Almanac, which was supposed to be this all encompassing book all about surfing, like to tell yeah. you that history of surfing what surfing is um how it should be done it was like basically taking like all of nat young's books and putting them all into one yeah but written by someone who like the stuff that he made up that was in the book not only that unbelievable and he was so happy he sued for defamation uh, against uh, Nancy Caton after she refused to sell him, sell him the canvas by Caton surfwear business. Like he, he sued people for letters and, you know, magazines. Like it was so weird. He was so off the wall and like did not make any friends in surfing. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've, I've never heard of such a person who like, make stuff up with such confidence and sues people and tries to take control of things and oh really you've never heard yeah. of anyone like that no not one but, person well not not so a guy I, who became president of the united states well yeah that's implied tyler that's uh, <laughs> just that's making that. sure yeah, right. so like but i how come i feel like matt's making this guy up because like how have we never heard of this person before <laughs> i don't know maybe because the magazine suppressed him, you know, the media and everyone was against him so much. They didn't want to even acknowledge him. I, I thought it was great though. There was this funny quote, you know, he, he's basically says like the OJ Simpsons of amateur waves of today will be the professional OJ Simpsons of tomorrow. And reading that now is just hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> But I was going to say ciao to that. <laughs> it was it was weird, but he basically was a precursor though of the the NSSA also because the ASA was it was school based you know amateur competition. Uh, so I find that to be kind of interesting too, and that's that's where like you know when that when when PT and Ian started the NSSA that kind of subverted the ASA I guess too. Mm. Um, one thing I started thinking about then was what if what if professional athletes were still not allowed to compete in the Olympics like they used to? And yeah, what would what, that now, look like? When did that change? 92. That 
92 in Barcelona, in Barcelona, Spain. That's when, like, that when the, they had the, the dream, dream team. team for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't until nine eighty two. I thought 92. 92. I thought it was early. Okay. Yeah. Cause and, remember and, like Kelly Slater couldn't keep his checks and everything because to remain amateur, you know, and so it had to go into a travel fund. Yes. And he got a Honda Civic. Yeah. He had to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He managed to get a car because that was like his travel. Yeah, um, yeah, travel thing. Although, according to Guy Gary Guy Filosi, yeah, that's his name. Like he describes Filosa, an amateur as, Gary Filosa. Gary Filosa. He he describes an amateur as someone who does not even endorse product because yeah. not get any material gain. So even like getting uh, free Clothing. wax would be would 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 bar you from that. Yeah. But I, 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 I wonder what it would look like now, the, the Olympics, if, if the professionals couldn't uh, compete in it for surfing. Oh, yeah. Like. It would be yeah. interesting. I know. Would, uh, if if like, you couldn't. Sports would be interesting. Like you, would, would it be interesting or would it be less uh, exciting? Would less people. There's only two it. sports that don't allow professionals in the, in the Olympics still and it's boxing and wrestling fun oh fact. really yeah they won't allow professional boxers into it it has to be amateurs um and i think that had that rule stayed in place that would have changed the whole surf industry it would have changed how they sponsored young surfers because you have you know you have like 14 15 year olds uh, at one point you had them making like six figures you know bobby martinez when he was an am, quote unquote amateur, not on the pro tour in the in the mid nineties, mid late nineties, he was like he bought a Mercedes. You know, mm. he had, he was making more money than his school teacher. So I mean, uh, that would have changed how the programs would have been too in sponsorship. So I, that, I'm curious. Although like how that, you didn't have the Olympics. Oh, you mean do you think but that affected the rules that that will when you when the Olympics allowed professionals into the Olympics, that changed, I think, the rules, how the ISA also, you know, interacted with the younger surfers and how amateur organizations allowed younger surfers to compete. And I think then that opened the floodgates for the companies to start paying younger because, surfers because then the ISA didn't care so much. about. Yeah. OK. Yeah, so I think that changed a lot of it. I would have that would have had a dramatic impact on on younger surfers, and maybe I don't know, maybe it would have saved some of them from from uh, you know getting too much too soon. Maybe maybe it would have changed how how they looked at their careers, you know, as they as they got older, and maybe maybe they would have chosen a different path, or I don't know. Kind of curious how that would have shaken shaken out so the olympics had, had already uh impressed had its impression on surfing a long time ago not yeah. just this year totally totally that's really interesting yeah to think about so now um i, I the the format of the actual competition it's not going to be that different from a pro contest is it it's it's basically this is where, where I have it written down. The this is where so uh, in round one there will be four surfers in each of five heats. You know, there's twenty surfers competing basically. Oh, so it's uh, gonna be twenty four, men, four twenty person women. heats. In round one, there'll be four 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 surfers in each heat. Five there'll be five heats. 
The top two surfers in each heat will advance to round three. The bottom two surfers in each heat will go to round two, which will consist of five surfers in each of the two heats. So it'll be two heats in round two of five surfers. Uh, then the top three surfers in each of those heats will move on to round three, while the bottom two are eliminated. After round three, the quarterfinals and semifinal heats will be man on man, uh, woman on woman. The two winners Let's say woman the, on woman. Yeah, it says that. So I'm, I'm reading off Surfline's uh, thing here. The two oh. winners of the semifinal. Really? You sounded so natural. I thought you were just. Oh, saying oh yeah, did I now? Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> the two winners of the semifinals will advance to the final where they will compete for gold and silver. And the two losers of the semifinals will surf a separate heat where they'll compete for bronze. Oh, that's interesting because yeah. normally in a pro event, you just have tied for third. Yeah. I wonder if that will be a, a new development in the WSL. Well, WSL is going to have basically, you know, the final, you know, I mean, oh, I know at the, the end of the regular, year, yeah, the end of the year, but, but in regular competition, I wonder if I'll have like a, a surf off for third place. I would like, love to see that. I, I, I would, I think that'd be cool as fuck. You know, don't I, they do that in tennis? I think you scored so many points for swear words on this. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, don't, I, don't they do that in tennis where they do they do that where the semifinals? Yeah. Play each other. The, semifin the semifinals who lost play each other. I don't but, think so. But, no. I did. Maybe I did. Maybe, maybe one of our listeners can help correct us on that. But also, but if you did that, though, with surfing, what you could imagine happening, though, is let's say the semi surf off for third. Let's say the in the finals, mm -hmm. the, the let's say the winner gets a combined score was of two waves of like, you know, like 14 points, like two sevens or something like that. Mm -hmm. But in the semis, like the winner just goes ballistic and gets two tens. Like, isn't that going to make like a bit of a joke out of the finals? Whereas like, if it was a game of tennis, you, you couldn't compare the two because it would just be, well, that person just beat the other person. Whereas if you Depends. score higher getting bronze. Depends if they're in the wave pool or in the ocean. Cause if they're in the ocean, you can chalk it up to conditions, but well, if they're in, surfers could, but yeah, the surfers. general public might look at it and be like, what, why isn't that person the gold? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think, I think that's where the commentators will come in and say, well, the conditions and blah, 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 were different and there were more waves or whatnot. But if they ha end up moving to the wave pool, which is, a, a, it seems like a possibility. They, they have now said that they could move it to that, New wave garden. I mean, uh, the the not the wave, the perfect swell. Um, not not in this event. Not in this yeah, event. this this Olympic. They've, oh, they have now, as a backup if there's no they've waves. Talked about moving it there potentially uh, if there's no waves if it goes completely flat because they have a set schedule. Like they have to compete. There's no there's no waiting period really. I think they have a, a, a they do have a little waiting like a, a couple days. I think. Yeah, but it's not like a WSL event where you have two weeks, you know, like on either side. Like so, it it they'll it would be interesting because everyone did the warm up in the wave pool there too, and oh, that wave pool looked kind of sick. What's it in Japan? What's it? It's the like the that same one in Waco, same style. Oh, you know, it's perfect swell technology by American Wave Machines. That would be, um, but they would still they won't change the format to the 
they won't change it to the surf ranch format where you're no board oh this god time. no please don't but do you think as far as well in a wave pool though yeah it doesn't that just make more sense though than doing yeah and i think i think like you know is it in paris is the next one Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to have it in Chopu, the surfing. Right. I think that's a bad idea, personally. I oh, think Matt really liked that idea. He said I, that actually won him over to the idea of the Olympics. Yeah. I I personally I think it's it would suck for the surfers who can't participate in the rest of the Olympic activities. You know, you're not really then getting the full Olympic experience. And that that's part of Part of the whole thing is bringing all these people together from all over and the world. One big orgy. <laughs> oh yeah, having lots of sex in the certain in the Olympic Village. <laughs> did you watch any of the opening ceremony this time? I didn't. I didn't because it was last night they showed it, and I was out and about. And it, was, so, it was very strange because you know there there weren't really anyone in the stands, stands. but there there were still loads of people in, in marching, you know. But there were just like um, flags or different colored squares in the stands. It was very weird. oh odd. That sounds ominous. It's yeah. Well, it looks like they're going to get a typhoon, which will be really cool. Mm. Uh, There's like a big swell coming in. Let me ask you. What about longboarding? What about bodyboarding? What about SUP? And what about paddleboarding as Steve Pesman promoted? You uh, know? Well, I, I, I thought it was interesting what um, Fernando said about uh, paddleboarding, how it's actually more... Yeah, Steve Pesman said it was a good idea because it's, it's straightforward, it's objective, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... The point being that actually a, a paddleboard is actually expensive, hard to travel with. It's something that, you know, actually very few people do paddleboarding as an activity. Um, I don't know. Look at the Molokai Challenge and a couple other big paddleboard races they have. You know, yeah, but that's like, there's not, that's the thing. Like yeah. in the Olympics, it's sports that there are like hundreds or thousands of competitions going on all the time in all yeah. the different sports. You know, every high school has a track and field team, but yeah, uh, this, this probably, maybe if you said how many people actually own a paddleboard, not a yeah. standard paddleboard, but a paddleboard, you, you, yeah. you might, that, I don't know. Is that less than a thousand people in the whole world? Maybe it's a very niche sport, you know? Yeah. How many people you think do shot put? Um, (laughs) (laughs) how many people you think are pole vaulting i mean well no i think a lot actually compared to paddleboarding because in school if you're going to join the track and field team i guess you do those sports you know i mean do you remember that being offered in in our high school I don't know. I really wasn't a part of much of the stuff at my high school. It wasn't available. You only had the high jump and that was it. They did have pole vaulting at at our school. Okay. You know, I I wonder, I just wonder, I'm just saying like there, there are some sports that are in the Olympics. I wonder how widely practiced they are. And if they weren't Olympic sports, would anyone even do those things? Yeah, like bobsledding and curling. Yeah, and- yeah you know. So, well, actually, curling is pretty fucking massive and and apparently a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, curling's huge in Canada. I don't know about globally, but I know in Canada, it's like huge. 
Really? Like it's like going bowling, you know, it's like oh, bowling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's nice. It makes the world feel a little bit bigger now that there's something that I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, if I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I but, but it is like longboarding's not in there. You know, that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's normally in the ISA, uh, you know, competitions, bodyboarding. Uh, I'm surprised that, you know, bodyboarding is kind of weird because it doesn't have like, it, it feels like it's died off in, in recent years, you know, in but it's come back in recent years. Yeah. Has it? Well, well the last, it, it's the become last more five core. Years it's come it's back. become yeah. more core, you know. And cool. It's become yeah. cool. Is it, is it Creed McTaggart's reading yeah. to it? You know? True, like, true. Yeah, it's drag, become, drag it's bodyboard. The right. It's the for the first time ever, it's not been seen as like your second class citizen. Yeah. It's like, yeah, kind of cool. So, I mean, you know, bodyboarding could be really interesting. I, I mean, I mean, it could be really boring to watch in small surf in Japan. It'd be like surf, PSAA yeah. days, you know? Um, but yeah, that's like, that's the thing I, I'm curious about though. Like, yeah, longboarding. I would like, I, I would love to see longboarding in the Olympics just to see Joel Tudor have a shit fit. <laughs> well, oh my <laughs> I would God, just love to see him. Whole other, I would I just mean, love to see him have like, you know, I'd love to see a lot of people just get all uptight about it, you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Do you prefer the, the Vans duct tape style? You know, or do you prefer, you know, like classic lawnboarding or do you prefer, you know, like with the Taylor Jensen style, you know, riding it like a shortboard with the occasional run up to the nose, you know? I you prefer to watch. I prefer the duct tape, you know, but I, I do have to say sometimes watching a guy ride a longboard performance style is kind of fascinating to me. It's almost like an oddity more so than, than like, it's not aesthetically pleasing, but it's kind of amazing how, you know, the swing weight with the longboard doing certain big off the lips and stuff looks kind of, I don't know, it kind of looks kind of interesting and cool. It looks like, looks like it would feel really good. Like hitting the lip with on a longer board feels pretty fucking nice because there's a shitload of commitment going into that. And there's a lot of weight and momentum mm. more so than like a smaller board. Oh, that's a heck of a lot easier to catch the waves as well. That too. Boards, so. That too. But I mean, let's tell you also like the, the, the Olympics, like you, you wrote me some stuff like also how, you know, it's had a profound effect on surfing you know, um, with, without the Olympics, Duke wouldn't have been able to have traveled and spread the gospel of surfing. Uh, and Greg, oh, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, um, yeah. The Olympics has had an, uh, yeah, secondary effect, inadvertent effects, yeah. whereas not, not a direct effect on surfing, but because yeah, Duke was a surfer and he traveled the world, you know, and then the, Greg the Olympics. Greg Knoll for that lifeguard saving, you know, convention that was coincided with the Olympics in Australia. And had that not happened, maybe they would have been further back in their development of surfing because of the, the introduction of the Malibu chip. Yeah. And, and uh, don't forget Tom Zand was with him on, and, and a few others. That's true. So Jane, are you excited to watch the Olympics then? 
Ah, gosh, I'm trying to think, am I more excited to watch the Olympics or more excited to watch the final event of the WSL? I'm not sure, you know? Mm. I do you know what it's like I'm almost more excited to watch the medal ceremony do you know what that's yeah I think it's whenever I think okay so one of the articles that Matt posted was remember uh, someone read in 1992 and he said you know hey remember when Tom Curran won the 1984 yeah. gold Olympics <laughs> and that to me I didn't picture him surfing yeah. I pictured him getting the medal and I said oh yeah that would be cool and so I think seeing uh, you know seeing Caroline Marks with a medal, you know, I think that that would be kind of cool. Seeing someone you're so familiar with, because usually yeah. when I watch the Olympics, I don't know who they are. I, I knew Usain Bolt, but actually I knew Usain Bolt because of the Olympics, you know. And, yeah. Um, but it was funny, like when um, Andy Murray, I think, I think he won gold. At yeah. The, 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 the London Olympics, and he's, well, he's Scottish. Um that was pretty exciting. It was really weird. It was like, oh, we know Andy Murray. Look, he's up there getting one. Usually they're athletes I don't really know very well. So I think that part would be cool. But as far as the actual who's going to be, somebody made a comment on the wave key thing and said, you know, the Olympics are kind of more, maybe more special to a sport when that is the pinnacle of their sport. Mm. You know, maybe maybe the traditional sports like track and field or even bobsledding and stuff like the the Olympics is like their high point of the four years. Whereas for surfing, I think, and the same thing with, with tennis, I think, yeah, it's great to win a medal, yeah. but they're probably more interested in winning Wimbledon or the U S open or something like that. And maybe mm. with surfing as well. I don't know. I think I'm going to be like, Oh, cool. So-and-so got, you know, gold, silver, bronze. Interesting. But I'm yeah. still more like thinking, hmm, I want to see who's going to win the world title this year. Well, we've been conditioned by the ASP and WSL that, you know, the best surfer is the one who who has the best, who's won over a season almost, you know, and has won in a variety of conditions and and is against all the best surfers of the world, the actual best. Whereas the Olympics isn't a full representation of the best surfers in the world. Right. Because Philippe Toledo's not there. Griffin Colapinto's not there. Morgan Sibilic's not there. You know, there's a lot of surfers who. Whoa, you just said Morgan Sibilic's not there before you said Kelly Slater's not there. Kelly Slater would. I don't know, man. He's. I don't know. You know, Smelly Skater's not there. Morgan is funnier than Slater. Yeah, I like him, man. Um, Well, I'm also talking about the people who are in the top right now, top five, you know. Those are those are the top five currently mm, of yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm vindicated there. But uh, what in, in, in if you were gonna rate Kelly Slater, yeah, like not based on the current rankings, as far as like best competitive surfer in the world right now, currently, like not just doing this year, but if you said like, who do you think are the best high performance competitive style surfers? You know, yeah. like well, Slater would, would you, be still up there. Top what? Top five for sure. Oh, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's still, still we'll got it. The top top five surfers in the world. Though. If if the conditions are right and he's interested, yes. You know, I would say younger Slater definitely, as opposed to older Slater. Also, you know, 
Like he doesn't know he's been doing some crazy shit. He has, but he's not as he doesn't have the fire, the competitive fire, the need to win that he used to have. I was listening to an interesting interview on the Olympics podcast in preparation for this with Slater. And he talks a lot about how when he was younger, he he needed to win. He needed that justification. He doesn't feel that anymore. So he doesn't have that same drive uh, to compete why he surfs in competition is different than why he did it, you know, 20 years ago when he was dominating. And so I think there's that difference, you know, or 20, 25 years ago, you know, and also, you know, probably 15 years ago, but, uh, but yeah, Slater would be, would be in there. Of course, Gabriel's a monster, man. I think it's going to be hard to beat him. You know, I really think he, he's going to probably take it out. That's who you think is going to be the men's winner. I, I think I think Gabriel will be in there. I think Chloe has a good chance for sure. Not so much sold on John John, uh, just because of his injury. And mm. I mean, it's so still pretty recent. And if the waves are small, I, I just don't see him like his surfing's good in small ways, but it's not. To me, it doesn't feel like on that same electric level as like mm. Idolo or or Gabriel. You know, uh, I think those guys are just so fucking amazing in small waves too. And who do you think is going to win women's? I think Carissa. I think Carissa or I think Sally could win it. Really? Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think Sally's been surfing really good mm. uh, and particularly in some smaller stuff. Curious if Steph, you know, Steph, I feel like right now in her career, she's like struggling for motivation and like she's not looking as on this year on tour. So I feel like uh, the conditions have to be right for her to kind of really step up. But I, I think, and Caroline too, Caroline's been surfing amazing. You know, I, you know who else is uh, Pauline Addo? Uh, it's been really good. No, not Pauline. Is it? Yeah. No. The friend, Joanne DeFay. Sorry, Joanne DeFay. Joanne DeFay. That's, that's she's been on fire. Like she's been surfing great. She had some great heats in Narrabeen. I was so impressed. And then, um, and then she won at the surf ranch, you know? So, so yeah, there's, there's some good, and there could be some dark horses, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, there's people from so many different countries as well, you know, so like you might have, yeah, it could, and that's the thing, because it's in the ocean, you know, it could be luck of the draw, you know, you could have someone from, someone who's not even in the, in the top 44 servers, you know. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, that's, what about you, who are you feeling, who, who's on your picks? Yeah, I think. It's funny. It's, it's not based on anything. Yeah, if, I just if you had to, to guess, get me to just guess the winner, I think I'd go for Chloe and Caroline. I know they're both Americans, but yeah, I just feel like something. Yeah, that 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 they're gonna just make it happen for some reason. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I'd love to. I would love to see Chloe win it. I think that would be pretty fucking awesome. You know, I think he's looking good too. Like, and and definitely Caroline. Who's going for the UK? 
Who's on the UK oh, surf team? Man, that, oh. that would be a good that would be a good stump. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, it's really bad. I mean, to tell you the truth, with most Olympics, I usually like I I know about everything after it's happened anyway. So maybe that's. Uh... <laughs> Oh man. All right. Well, uh, do you know what time it is then, Jane? Mm-hmm. It's time for Stump My Bro. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am so ready to get my ass kicked again. I love, oh, I don't know. I, don't, I love, I, mean, I love how you just, you know, for our listeners, you know, uh, we had a call and you're just like, are you just getting tired? I'm like, what of what? And you're like, just me kicking your ass. It's not my pro and getting embarrassed. Ass, getting embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said it must be, yeah. Really frustrating for you, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't. I have, you know, like I really like what what my question was going to be was like, tell me everything you know about the surfing almanac because it's just so much fun. <laughs> I mean, I think maybe we should do that as an encore because there's some funny shit in there. Yeah, uh, but I I have a backup question. I have one question. Usually, I've got three good ones, but. I only got one and it's not an amazing question. But... All right. What is it? Okay. So Duke Konomoku, obviously, you know, won gold set records and competed in the um in the in the swimming race events in the yeah. Olympics. But he also uh competed in um in another sport in mm-hmm. um the Olympics. Hey. What was the other sport? Oh man, I don't know. What could this be? Could it be water polo? Where he yes. got sixth place? What? But did he get sixth place? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the 2020 oh, I... in 1920. Oh, I didn't even know that he got sixth place. Yeah. There you go, Tyler. Come and, and tell me more. Oh what else? What else? Well, he uh, you know, he he also got, I mean, he's got three golds. He's got no, no, two. No, no. Where where was it that he did? Um... Oh shit. Um wasn't it it wasn't Antwerp, was it? Yes, yeah, it was, Antwerp. was it? Yeah, yeah. And he said it was so cold he couldn't use his special trick of using his feet to pull down the opponent underwater. <laughs> All right, I got a few here for you. Uh, I'll start with this one here. What was the first year that professional surfers could compete in the ISA World Games after 1976? The ISA World Games, yeah, not the not the the normal World Contest one. Well, it was. It's the the World Surfing Contest. No, because ISA. The ISA didn't exist. Um, it was it was something else. Because uh, ISA Fernand- has existed Fr- since 1964. I was on the website. Oh, well, I read that Fernando Gary started a different organization to take over from it. Um, but it was still ISA, though. Technically, it's all it, they they folded it in. I think because on their website it says 19. 19- I think it was called the ISF um, before that, which was run. Okay, so who 
ah damn what's his name who's the peruvian guy was he ah yes Felipe Pomar? no who ran yeah. the isf who ran all the world contests who he oh. ran the world contest down in um you know johanna which started bells he ran uh, the one in forgot. puerto rico and he also was like um you know nat young really talks very positively of him he was you know like a real blue blood yeah. kind of guy you know uh, Eduardo Arenas. Ah, so that I don't think was called. I don't want to spend time looking it up right mm. now. But I thought that Fernando Gary started a new. Uh, do you know, you know how we keep rushing over his surname because I don't think either of us know how to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> well, I, I was on the I, I, ISA's website and they said 1964. Yeah, but so. that's like they say that Tom. Curran was the WCT champ. He wasn't the WCT champ ever. There yeah. was no WCT. WCT. Yeah. They keep saying that, that he was the WCT champ. He's never been a WCT champ. Rewriting ever. history, you know? So um, I think you got to go back and check that because I think that. So, anyway, what was your question anyway? I forgot. Um, so. Well, I'm just reading on the ISA. The International Surfing Association found in 1964 recognized by the IOC and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so the question what was, question? was uh, who? what was the first year that professional surfers could compete in the ISA World Games after 1976? Uh, I remember Taylor Knox was in it, I think. I remember seeing him mm -hmm. in there. So, I mean, gosh, it must have been so like... Uh, let's see, uh, 96, probably. Yes. Yeah. And, and that was not out of knowledge, but it was I worked it out because I know it's every four years. And so yeah. I worked from 84, 88, 92. And I said, 92, he was he was a lot younger. And I have the picture in my head of him yeah. holding the flag, you know, and he was older, but it was definitely the 90s. So 96. it was 96. And what country won? Uh, I think it was USA, wasn't it? And where was it held? At the beach, uh, Huntington. There we go. All right, I've got a few more here for you. Who? Wait, beat? wait I'll, I'll ask you one, uh, even though you probably know the answer. Uh, but just it's just so awesome. So in the Surfers Almanac, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was? What did he say was the actual term? And don't look it up right yeah. now. What was the? <laughs> I see you glancing away. From it, I have everything open in my notes. <laughs> okay, it's so Almanac. what? What was the word? That he's in the back of the, in the back of the almanac, there was the Surfers International Lexicon, and he yeah. had a glossary, and he said the word for a wetsuit was a Bradner. You're looking at it, though. I know because I have the notes in front of me. I took notes uh, on this though. I mean, what the hell? He said that um, <laughs> swash is the same as soup. Yeah. Um, at first point, Malibu, for example, is renamed Simmons Point. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Bob Simmons was the inventor of the modern Alaya. It's <laughs> a crazy, hilarious. Right. Um. Anyway. Oh wait. So, okay. I'll ask you a question. A real question yeah. then. Um. Ah. Uh, Tom Curran. In. In the nineteen eighty, mm -hmm. um, world contest which is what mm -hmm. it was called back then. Yeah. You know, the amateur world surfing yeah. championships. I think it was 80. He, he won the juniors, but he didn't win the men's. I think mm -hmm. he got third place in the men's, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, who won the men's? Oh, I don't know. And this is totally in my head. Like, and I, yeah, could be, no, I don't I could know. Be, 
this person it was Glenn Rawlings Australia. someone who the only other time I heard about him was I think he had one wave in blazing boards you know it said Glenn yeah. Rawlings you know so, yeah, and it was um, I ah was it in France or was it in was it in Duran Bar? No, I don't know. Don't know. Anyway, I think I think it was. Oh, that would have been a good question. Mm. And I really know. I'm just thinking of stuff on my feet. Mm. Now. All right, who beat Duke in his final Olympics for the hundred meter swim? Uh, don't know. Don't care. It has nothing to do with surfing, really. Johnny Weissmuller. Tarzan. Oh, okay. All right. Come that's on. a good one. That's a good one. Really? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I feel like cool. a young Johnny Weissmuller. <laughs> okay, no, that is a good one. That is a good one. Oh, uh, well, that was a great little episode here. I uh I think um this was a fun Sunday joint. Uh the Olympics, I'm curious to see how it all shakes out with surfing and I hope all the surfers uh do well and enjoy themselves and don't get covid while they're there and uh you know, and I uh, can't wait to see who wins, who comes out on top. It's going to be interesting. And I can't wait to see so many surfers have shit fits over it. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, just everyone is like, has an opinion on it. And, you know, everyone, you know, like, I mean, for Matt Warshaw, you know, it brings bile, you know, brings bile up for him. You know, it's like, you know, there's a Fred Paul, like all these people, like, I think, want to kind of want it to fail or don't want it to be good or want to be critical of it. And, you know, and I think, uh, there's a lot of people who have opinions on it, but I, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's a, just another, another wonderful aspect of surfing. Surfing has like, you know, it's grown so much and there's just so many different areas to enjoy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I think, yeah, I yeah, it's just wondering why people are so passionate about it. Um, because every I feel like it is a selfishness. Not, not, it, no, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are selfish about surfing. It's almost like you know how um, you're into a band in the '90s and then they became popular, and mm. you get like, oh, you know, they sold out or whatever. There's that kind of feeling, that ownership of it. You know, I think a lot of people who surf, uh, particularly older surfers, feel this ownership of surfing to a certain extent. Mm, and okay. and I feel like there's a lot of people who feel that way about it and feel like the Olympics is, you know, ruining surfing somehow. And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, generations before felt that way about shortboards and felt that way about twin fins and felt that way about new school tail slides. You know, it's always every generation. <laughs> It's cyclical and it's funny, you know, but I, I do think it's interesting, like how people feel this ownership of surfing. That must be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy to let surfing be as it is, whatever we want it to be. <laughs> anyway. Really? You've never made an effort to affect uh, surfing's. Oh, I, I totally have. I think I'm at a different point in my life now where I'm just happy to see it see it be what it needs to be and i can have it be what i want it to be for me i don't have to impose that on anyone else that's all, right. all. yeah well the peloton's working the peloton is working baby anyway uh 
this was a Sunday joint. And for all our listeners, uh, if you're not a member or subscriber of the Encyclopedia of Surfing, please go go to eos.surf and sign on up and support the encyclopedia so you can go find all the fun information that we talked about and all these great articles that Matt just posted on the Olympics. So there's a ton of great content on there. It's worth checking out. And uh, yeah. And also there's like video footage of Duke Hanamoko racing. I saw there's a link to on YouTube. It's really cool. So yeah, go get on it. All right, and we'll catch you all uh, next time. You.